Hello, my name is Alan Knapp, and I'm an editor for Functional Ecology. And today I'm visiting with Brian Steidinger from Indiana University in Bloomington. Brian's the lead author on a paper published in Functional Ecology titled Variability and Potential to Exploit Different Soil Organic Phosphorus Compounds Among Tropical Montane Tree Species. Brian is also this year's recipient of the Haldane Young Investigators Prize, awarded each year to the best paper in functional ecology by a young author. So, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Congratulations on the paper, and particularly congratulations on the award. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're certainly welcome. So, uh, I just have a, a series of a few questions here I'd like to, to discuss with you regarding your paper. Uh, it's a great paper. Congratulations again on that. And I thought for our listeners, it might be best if we begin with some general background, um, since not everyone is a tropical forest biologist or ecologist. And let's start with the, the role of nutrient limitations broadly in tropical forests, and, and then talk a bit about the role of mycorrhizae and soil phosphorus in tropical forests. Uh, yeah, sure. So, Tropical forests uh, tend to be fairly nutrient deficient. There are soils are generally uh, low in phosphorus, which comes from um, rock and earth sources rather than atmospheric ones. So over time, that phosphorus is sort of leached out of the soils. Uh, and there also tend to be some of the highest diversity systems uh, in terms of the number of species and the evenness of species distributions. Um, and so... One of the questions is how do you get so many species that coexist in the face of really strong uh, growth limitation by nutrients where you might expect or simple expectation might be that uh, species would be competing over soil nutrients and sort of a low diversity of really good competitors for soil phosphorus, for instance, would uh, dominate forests rather than seeing a wide diversity of different tree species in these forests. Mm -hmm. And uh, sort of the, one of the solutions to that problem is the idea of niche partitioning. And it's just the idea that plants can take up different chemical forms of the same limiting soil nutrients. Uh, in my case, I looked at soil phosphorus and soil organic phosphorus. And mycorrhiza plays into that because um, mycorrhizal fungi form a symbiotic association with most tree species where they're taking carbon from the plant and they're delivering soil nutrients in return. And mycorrhizal fungi differ in their ability to acquire different um, chemical sources of the same limiting soil nutrients. And one of the ideas is just that um, this might facilitate niche partitioning among plants because you could have some mycorrhizal species giving plants um, one chemical form of a nutrient, some mycorrhizae giving other plants a different chemical form of the limiting soil nutrient. And uh, there would be sort of partitioning that total nutrient pool rather than competing over it, which could allow them to coexist with one another. So the idea is sort of to try to explain diversity in these forests in terms of uh, the way in which they can acquire different forms of the same resources. Great. So, so that leads us to the central question of your of your paper, which is, and I'm quoting here, do tropical trees with different mycorrhizal associations reduce competition for soil phosphorus by specializing on different forms? Um, but And your focus uh, of a lot of research is on the organic phosphorus fraction. Can, can you give us a little more motivation for why the focus was on organic phosphorus? Sure. Uh, well, the first simplest reason is just that most soil phosphorus is organic phosphorus, or at least most soils are dominated by organic phosphorus. Mm. And uh, that organic phosphorus uh, exists in multiple different forms. And uh, what people have shown is that uh, these forms, these different uh, organic ester versions of phosphorus, where you have a, a phosphate that's bound up to a carbon molecule, 
these different forms require digestion or breaking down, breaking down by different enzymes. So they're susceptible to different tar- types of enzymatic attack. And uh, when you've got these enzymes, you can liberate the inorganic phosphate from the organic phosphorus and use it to uh, fuel plant growth and reproduction. And if you don't have the enzymes, you can't. Mm. And uh, so the idea is just that there's uh, most of this phosphorus is present as organic phosphorus, and organic phosphorus compounds differ in sort of what's required to, to exploit them. And uh, those are both things that sort of lead into the idea of niche partitioning, where uh, plant species could adapt to acquire specific forms of phosphorus, but still be unable to acquire others. Gotcha. Okay, so, so your experimental design is, is novel, but also a bit complicated. Uh, can, can you summarize it for us a bit, your, your approach in general of how you went about addressing this issue, and then, of course, provide us with the key findings? Sure. So, um, we, wanted to, so we wanted to look for uh, the potential for these plants and their mycorrhizae to partition soil organic phosphorus or to exploit different forms. So we started out thinking about which... Uh, tree species we thought would be the most different in terms of the types of organic phosphorus they could acquire. And so we wanted to look at different functional groups of mycorrhizal fungi. You've got the most common form is the arbuscular mycorrhizas. Uh, You've got ectomycorrhizal fungi, which um, is a different functional group that's thought to be better able to acquire organic phosphorus. And then you have non-mycorrhizal trees of this family, Proteaceae, that have these really unique root systems where um, they form cluster roots that produce lots of enzymes and organic acids that are good at acquiring organic phosphorus. And uh, so we identified um, four different species that were sort of representative of these different functional groups. And then we went out to the field and uh, I collected just a cohort of these seedlings, uh, similar age seedlings from from the same year. Uh, that were already growing out in the field. And I transferred some of them to a a greenhouse where I then provided them with different organic forms of phosphorus and uh, measured their performance. And then I took others and I assayed them or I measured the expression or the activity of the different phosphatase enzymes. And these are the enzymes that are responsible for uh, liberating phosphate from an organic complex, which is what's thought to be sort of the prerequisite step before plants can make use of the phosphorus. And our sort of main finding was that when we looked across sort of the mycorrhizal tree species, um, we didn't see much difference in terms of their performance when grown in different organic forms of phosphorus. We found that there was some differences in enzymes between ectomycorrhizal tree species and, uh, and two arbuscular mycorrhizal ones, but they didn't really translate into a different performance when these uh, when seedlings of these species were limited to different organic forms. Whereas we found with a non-mycorrhizal species that formed these cluster roots that it uh, had a much greater ability to break down organic phosphorus with enzymes. And it also was the only one that was able to exploit this uh, sort of unique chemical form of phosphorus called phytate. And we concluded from that that uh, there is a potential between these broad sort of non-mycorrhizal trees and mycorrhizal trees to uh, exploit different chemical forms of phosphorus, but that it's a fairly coarse division um, where most tree species in these forests are probably using similar inorganic and easy-to-exploit organic forms of phosphorus, um, and maybe only may, maybe only a few are able to exploit this more difficult-to-acquire phytate, which requires more enzymatic uh, activity. 
Great. So, so that, that is indeed a great conclusion. That, I, I like the way you, you uh, phrased it in your paper, how this, the partitioning may play a coarse but ecologically important role in fostering coexistence. Um, I guess the question that I'd like to end with is, is where do you go from here in terms of are you planning additional follow-up studies or what, what kinds of research do you think is, is next necessary to move this uh, idea forward? I think that we need to study this, um, this phenomenon in terms of facilitation. So there's an idea that uh, these non-mycorrhizal trees may be able to act as ecosystem engineers where they're acquiring forms of phosphorus in the soil that other tree species can't access, but then they're mobilizing it to their leaves and they're depositing it into the soils and their leaf litter, and it's being reintroduced to the soils in more easy-to-exploit forms. So I think what I'm, what I'm interested in doing, both sort of in, in terms of ecological theory and, and in terms of experiment, is just seeing whether um, these uh, non-mycorrhizal tree species that can exploit phytate are able to acquire it and then redeposit it in a shared environment in a way that would facilitate uh, a beneficiary plant species that was unable to exploit phytate on its own. So that's yeah. that's sort of uh, my my interest in it is uh, whether this could be something where we could consider both competition and facilitation uh, in the context of resource partitioning. Great. Well, well, Brian, our time is about up. I, I want to thank you again for first the great paper, uh, congratulate you on winning um, the award, the Haldane Young Investigators Prize, and and thank you very much for visiting with us on this podcast today. Well, thank you. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>